0: It was awesome to sit down with Adam Rowledge, the award-winning general manager of the Georgian House Hotel in London. Adam is simply an incredibly warm, driven and intelligent operator who just loves his industry and is able to transfer that passion to other people. I really enjoyed discussing his story from originally aiming to be a pro cyclist to changing course to running an amazing hotel in London at such a young age. You'll hear how they've made incredible revenues with a unique customer experience, the importance of educating and empowering staff, creating the right revenue balance. We talked AI and also talked about personalisation in the booking process, turning online feedback into revenue, the power of Brexit effect on the London market, but most of all, understanding Adam's story. Anyone in the hotel industry, leader or newcomer, will really derive some inspiration from what Adam has to say. Enjoy. Today, I'm with Adam Rowledge. Thank you very much for sitting in the deck chair.
1: you welcome, it's great to be here.
0: Well, actually, I'm a guest of yours. I'm sitting in a lovely chair in the Georgian House Hotel, the hotel that Adam is the general manager of. Just before we get into our discussion, I'm going to give you a little bit of an introduction to Adam. He was the Independent Hotelier of the Year 2018, as judged by the Independent Hotel Show. They have the best management strategy here, um, which was awarded in October 2018 by the Springboard Award for Excellence. He was the young manager of the year last year. As well, in 2017, he's worked with the Ballantine Group, hand-picked hotels and other five-star hotels such as the Hempel, South Lodge Hotel, Cedarwood, Grand Hotel and Spa, and Hotel Divan. He's also a director and trustee of the Institute of Hospitality, he commutes into London every day from a
1: fair way, actually, don't you? You come in from just outside Worthing. Just outside Worthing, so yeah, about two hours door to door, but it's definitely worth it.
0: So that's that's almost on Southern Rail, you're living life in their hands pretty much. Would yes. that be fair
1: to say? Yeah, I spend more time in Southern Rail than I do with my family during the
0: week, by <laughs> worrying, yeah. And <laughs> so you've got a wife and two kids, yeah? Yes, that's right. Okay, brilliant. Well look, um, Thanks again for having us in. I'm, I'm really keen to understand, I mean, you've had an incredibly busy year this year. You're having lots of accolades thrown your way, particularly as this is, as I understand it, your first general manager role, is
1: that correct? Uh, second general manager. I was general manager at the, the balance Hotel where I was ah. for, for just a few months, but uh, yeah, the first one that I've sort of seen through a good period of change, and yeah, it's definitely been a, a busy year for sure.
0: Okay, we'll, we'll come back to, to this hotel a little bit later on, but... Um, When did you decide on a career in hospitality? When did you get the bug?
1: Um, So when did I decide on a career in hospitality is uh, uh, maybe a tricky one, but I started working in hotels when I was 16, um, just for a part-time job, basically. My next-door neighbour was a banqueting waitress in a, a nearby conference hotel yep. and I had a need for some money for going out and doing all of social things <laughs> okay. you've got to do when in you're in your 16, 17, 18. Where, where was that? Where, uh, what that's town? in UnEaton, Warwickshire. So the hotel's in okay. Hinckley. It's now a jury's inn, I believe. Uh-huh. But it was Hanover International back in the day when okay. they were around. 350 bedroom conference hotel, yeah. basically. So, uh, yeah, I wasn't really too keen on the idea because I hated the idea that I might get an order wrong or drop something, right, right, order right, order, right. Is, no, no, it's dead simple. Did you get many wrong? No, 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 well, that's the beauty of it, no, it's banqueting, you don't have to take oh, any okay. order, if you just take the food and put it yeah, in. The yeah, arms, yeah. I thought, well, I've got two arms and two legs, I can probably do do that, and uh, just had the most fantastic uh, experience working yeah. there and being been part of that team. And that led me on to work in the different departments in that hotel, so I worked in concierge, reception, did a bit of time in the kitchen as well. Yeah. Uh, and then found myself going into working in the accounts team for a, for a bit. And then went to university. And then when I was at university, I basically worked um, pretty much full-time hours with uh, with Hotel Duvall in Birmingham. Okay.
0: And were you doing a hospitality-specific uh,
1: no. degree at uni? No. So I was studying sport and exercise sciences. Obviously um,
0: complement each other, yes. Yeah.
1: So uh, I had a previous uh, sort of life when I was sort of pre yeah, before I was seventeen, I was really into cycling. Oh, yeah, yeah so I used to race, um, do time trial cycling and, and on the velodromes and what have you. And uh, so yeah, so it's kind of great to see that what was really minority sport back then, you know, growing and becoming, you know, one of the most successful sports. Yeah. you can Do and the people I used to race against, kind of winning.
0: Is that vel- right? Medals and stuff. So wow. You know, and you're you're in there games. watching the TV, saying I taught him everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah.
1: <laughs> he lapped me three times um, in Scunthorpe on you know, yeah. um, which which was the case with Garrett Thomas actually. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, so that was Oh the latest uh, yeah, Tour de France. So he yeah. Was, um, yeah, so yeah, he used to lap me one of them. but uh, yeah so I went to uni then and, and, and worked yeah. in reception with, with HTV and uh, yeah, so, so sports science was my, my interest from in the, okay. the cycling side, and I kind of thought, well, should I go into hospitality? Should I not? And, what would have been
0: the other course then? If you, if you, if, sorry, you've done sports science, you got the degree. Where I mean, did you see that going?
1: That would have been in, in coaching, probably. Right. Um, there was no set, definite career path, but uh, yeah, probably would have gone on to do coaching in, in cycling or just general okay. fitness coaching, because sports science wasn't as big a, a thing then. You know, yes yeah. 2007, so pre-Beijing it was only just, so I just gained momentum in, in the cycling world so yeah, I just kind of had this moment at so some point along the way, or maybe just a general transition thing. actually I don't want to do that anymore, I really enjoy working in hotels, I just love going to work, um, more so than going to lectures I mean, yeah. <laughs> many people like going to lectures, but uh, yeah, so I, I finished uh, the, the studying in Birmingham and went to work at the Hotel Dubai in Henley on 10s, which had just opened, I think, um, probably about a year. Okay, okay. Kind of went from there and sort of progressed onwards.
0: When you got the the hook, as you say, you sort of, you worked in there, you absolutely loved it. Was that more about the team that you worked with or the the people that you worked Mm. for, essentially the, the customers or a bit of both?
1: So I think, uh, I mean, I really enjoyed working at the, the, even the first hotel, even though it wasn't somewhere I would choose to go and work now. It was uh, you know, it was a great team of people, I was only 16, 17 then, you know, loved working with uh, with them and I had a really great uh, first sort of manager, a, yeah. a manager called Antonio Costanza, who's sadly no longer with us, but right. um, he would, you know, although he wouldn't be someone who would uh, maybe say is you know, the kind of ideal leadership model right. these days. You know, he was sort of uh, yeah. great character, firm but fair. If you worked hard, he, you know, you were rewarded and knew um, where he stood. Yeah, knew he was, yeah, New Eastern, he was just so passionate about right. what he did. So, uh, so yes, yeah, so that was a good experience from that perspective. And then working for Hotel Duvan was in the in the time when it was still um, under the ownership of uh, you know Robin Hudson and Gerard Basset, etc. They were you know, very inspirational entrepreneurs, and yeah, especially you know, Gerard is someone who I know yeah. by a for everything that he's, uh, he's done and uh, achieved in his, uh, his career. So, great people in the hotel, yeah. a really good reception team. Great general manager, Mike Warren, who now managed the Dutch of Harbour Hotels, and uh, you know, really believed in, in the company, the vision, the concept, everything. You know, so many learning experiences. You know, yeah, do a late shift on reception. And you go and sit in the bar with the sommelier doing wine tasting until two o'clock, in the <laughs> <and> eating <laughs> cheese and what have you. It was just you know living the dream, basically. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, to, to Henley, beautiful uh, property, probably my favourite of all of the, the hotel mans And uh, it's a good town, Henley too. Beautiful town, yeah. Fantastic atmosphere, especially yep. with the regattas on. Yeah. Um, I was way out of my league in, as an Aussie backpacker when I first arrived <laughs> yeah. in England
0: with. Uh, with, with the crew out at Henley, but.
1: Um, didn't have the right blazer for
0: No, me. I didn't have, yeah. unfortunately.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I love living there. It? It's in reach, you know, really to reach of London, yeah, yeah, yeah. Marlow, and you know, I had my bike back then still, so I used to go and sort of cycle and, well, you know, the, you know, the countryside around there. It's really yep. nice. The reception manager there, I knew him very well. We'd, we'd sort of, um, and I was reception supervisor, mm-hmm. then promoted to night manager, so had a good relationship there.
0: What I find is interesting. Having done these podcasts, is particularly in the hospitality industry, is the passion that people have usually is transferred from someone else. There's like a fire starter, yeah. And you've just mentioned a couple of mentors there that probably ignited the fire within you, definitely,
1: yeah. And so people that I still, even you know, now, uh, even though I haven't worked with them for ten years, um, will yep. sort of think, okay, you know what? What would this person do in this situation? Or what have I learned from the people? who, you know, do this really well. So there was a fantastic conference speaker that I saw earlier this year, and he's got this model called the IMPACT model, an acronym for for various things, and M is model from the best. So that's kind of something which I think okay, well, if I'm going to do this, who do I look to? Whether that's someone like Gerard, for example, or looking outside of the industry to the people who are doing Mm -hmm. whatever aspect is, whether it's use of customer data in retail, or, you know, I think that's what, Probably something from my cycling background, yep. you know, British cycling. So, I went to Formula One to learn about aerodynamics and, mm-hmm. and all that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, not all the answers are always within your industry, are they? No. And
1: I think we've, as an industry, we, there's a lot of tradition, a lot of. Yep. Yeah. We've always done it that way, something which you know, is one of the most frustrating things that you hear in, in hotels. We say, well, why do you do it like that? We've always done it that way. Um, and quite often, if you've had success with something in one hotel, you maybe move on to another hotel, and people then try to replicate what they've done uh, in other hotels. Yeah. Obviously, every hotel is different, and of course. people are different. So, you, know, you have to. One thing i really learned is you need to sort of judge everything on a, an individual basis and use use the experience you've got, obviously. But
0: yeah,
1: uh, you know, put it to the right use, the right context in terms sort of what you're doing.
0: So, so uh, I mean, interesting what you say in regards to that, because quite a lot of, I mean, only last year. You were awarded the Young GM mm. of the Year, and what organisation was that with? That was with the British Travel and Hospitality yeah. uh, Hall of Fame. So, in terms of young, do you mind asking <laughs> yeah. how old are? I go? was young, but
1: the, I think 35 was the... But it's it young, the, young in this industry. Yeah, I 30, oh, was 32 then, 33 now. Wow. Um, but that was quite a nice one because it was it was travel and hospitality, so it covered all that sort of... Yeah. You know, Restaurants, food service, etc., but also, um, you know, travel, tourism, and, and might mm-hmm. be I mean. so a really interesting mix of people to, to meet on the night are parts of that. So
0: yeah, that as well. um, I was listening to Jonathan Ragged actually on the Spectacular Marketing podcast with yeah. with uh, Mark. Mark yeah. yeah, Mark McCulloch, and um, Jonathan was talking about the opportunities for the hospitality industry in terms of. You know, quite often it's been seen as a second tier industry for people to to get into. There's a perception in terms of the wages that um, can be attained and, and the career progression. But in fact, there's a very structured and if you're committed to it, quite a fast
1: ascendance through the ranks if you want it to be and you put your mind to it absolutely and uh, that was a very good episode, uh, episode <laughs> a particular moment at 11 minutes and 30 seconds oh crikey where, uh, where I got a special mention there for, for two seconds oh, that Mark, is a super right? fan yeah. oh right yeah, yeah of course um, but uh, well, yeah, are you going to replay that moment in the uh, in video I've sent that to my friend yeah 11 minutes 30 seconds but um, yeah absolutely you, you know you're, you're quite right It's uh, it does have this perception and I think that uh, I think there was a report that came out uh, just I think maybe yesterday or earlier this week certainly which basically stated that hospitality was the, one of the fastest growing industries in terms of wage inflation. I think it was 38% of the statistics right, wow. in the last yep. months. So, you know, there has been some things which have come into to play to help with that, such as you know, the national living wage, constantly mm-hmm. increasing. But I think we are getting better uh, at offering you know, real good, good wages. And certainly there's always been uh, the, the case where, yeah, in more senior positions is a real opportunity to work with yeah, high salaries, but I think we're, we're definitely getting better at, at sort of filtering that uh, through in, in uh, at every level and across every sector as well, in all types of businesses, but there are still people who aren't, mm-hmm. unfortunately, uh, doing that. But in terms of opportunity, you know, there are mm-hmm. so many transferable things, obviously finance, human resources, IT, you know, all of those sorts of things that you could do in any industry, essentially, and, you know, opportunity to learn in a really hands-on environment and apply those theoretical uh, skills is, is definitely something in place in, yeah. in hospitality. Uh, and you know, I think most people who come into the industry, they do fall in love with it they, Yeah, uh, really go you know, no one I wouldn't say that there's, there's a pretty, really small percentage of people who want to come in, progress really quickly to then go up and you know go off and do something in another industry. It's, it's something that I think people just... Really enjoy doing, and it's not just that you're going into an office and doing the accounting, for example. Yep. You know, you're in a much you know, bigger business where you're dealing with people doing lots of different things, experiences, and the benefits. I think we all know of working in hospitality in terms of uh, you know going off to visit other venues and experiencing some really fantastic hotel to stay in yourself. The restaurants is uh, at a, a, a considerable discount, usually, so if you're just, just, just a Test the competition. Yeah, absolutely, all in all <laughs> the end of market research. How, really. how
0: competitive is Croatia for you at the moment when uh, <laughs>
1: yeah. you shot out there for your, yeah. your panel a few weeks yeah, ago? Yeah, that definitely wasn't market research, but um, yeah, it, was it was really, interesting, on, yeah. really interesting. And uh, the quality of the, the food in, the, in that hotel I stayed in for you know, breakfast okay. and, and conference. What was uh, that hotel? It was the Riksos uh, okay. in Dubrovnik. De- so, um, you know, good quality hotel, but uh, you know, the the choice and the amount of food that, that was there it was you know, presented in a really, really great way. That's obviously what they do. They're, just, uh, they're, they're set up for that. But just for the perspective, course. you were uh, a
0: panelist, at, it
1: was a Best Day conference? Uh, Best Day conference um, in Dubrovnik, yes, yes a few, uh, few weeks ago and I was on a panel on one of the days of the conference which was uh, actually discussing sort of recruitment and right. uh, you know, employee experience uh, with, uh, with some general managers, some, mm-hmm. uh, some people that work in the sort of human resources uh, departments of hotels in the, the Balkans and then on the second day um, I was doing a, a sort of uh, 20 minute keynote presentation okay. on um, standing out in a crowded uh, space so niche marketing which I'm sure we're going to come on to a uh, couple of the ways that we do that. So yes of course. In due course.
0: So um, okay and that's interesting in regards to recruitment because there's so much talk at, at the moment particularly in, in, in the five-star hotel market in London and all the storm clouds gathering around Brexit and no one really knowing what to, 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 to do which way it's going to swing yeah. in the end how do you foresee it is it already impacting you in terms of your recruitment and your retention at the moment Or
1: so I think there's definitely been always been as far as, as I've been working hospitality, You hospitality know, recruitment has been a, a challenge but there's yeah. definitely been in the last couple of years and I'm sure Brexit has impacted this to an extent the the um, volume and the quality of applications that we've received for, for roles that we've been recruiting for. The other thing, obviously, is that you know, there's so many new hotels, restaurants, etc. coming in. You know, The supply is just crazy. Mm-hmm. How many new businesses are opening, but at the same time, how many are, are also closing, which is quite sad. But uh, you know, we are fairly sort of forward-thinking in the way that we try to attract people. We've mm-hmm. spent a lot of time in the last two years working on our employer brand and a lot of the activity that that, uh, that we do here is you know, to really make people uh, aware of Georgian House because obviously we're a small independent property and we don't have the the reach that others will and to, to sort of demonstrate why it's a great experience mm-hmm. to uh, work at Georgian House so uh, for example winning some of these awards is obviously very nice yeah, and, of course. Know, it's a real good uh, thing for me and the team really feed off of that as well it, it's something where they really uh, enjoy uh, the, the success that we're having as a business and people then externally want to be part of something successful yep. and that I think really helps us in our in our recruitment as well. So in
0: terms of Brexit itself, is, is that is that a, a massive concern for you in
1: terms of uh, either way that it swings? Uh, so it's not something that I'm going to lose any sleep. Okay. I think you know, you've got to look at controlling the controllable. Mm. And, you know, We've got uh, ideas and things in place yeah. that we will look to to do as and when we need to regardless of which, whichever way it goes and who knows if of course. Moment, we can't even decide whether we're going to have a vote on a Tuesday or not but, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the
0: um, I, I don't know did you see the Corinthia documentary that was on the BBC
1: yes yeah, so I've watched the first episode I'm a little bit behind at the moment so i am literally got things downloading as we speak to watch on the train home uh, huh. which is one of them so I saw the first episode which I thought was really good yeah um, but uh, yeah, otherwise, caught.
0: well, look, I I I saw both episodes, but whether you've seen one or two, what really stood out to me in terms of a luxury hotel, and and for for those listening, if you can get your hands on, uh, it's a documentary done by the. BBC and uh, it was about Corinthia Hotel I, I, is it a life and luxury hotel or something like that
1: uh, the uh, luxury yeah, super hotel rich, super, super rich and super famous right. uh, I think it was the title but um, yeah
0: look it was amazing and but what really stood out to me i think in that documentary really was how much london relies on international staff to show off the best of britain if that makes yeah. sense And, you know, from the, I think, Bulgarian cleaner to the German um, general manager to everyone in between to the 16-year-old kid that was from uh, from East London and and, uh, he was in that early inspiration of wanting to own the whole Corinthia hotels uh, later on, if you saw that bit as well. But I think yeah it's just it's phenomenal and it's really obvious to me in that in that documentary how reliant luxury hotels are on the international community.
1: and not just luxury hotels I think when I've, I think the day I started here other than Serena who is the the managing partner of the business I was yeah. the only English uh, member of the team who was employed full on a full-time basis there was mm-hmm. one of the part-time um, who was based sort of site doing our accounts uh, and I think at most we've had uh, probably twenty percent of the team have been. Um, we, we have a small team, we have yeah, about yeah, fifty yeah, yeah. people, so that right? that's yeah. not a lot of people. But I think we're kind of around about the 15 uh, okay. percent at the moment. Um, and yeah, the majority of the, the team from the from the EU, mm-hmm. um, or the, you know, even those who aren't have uh, EU yep. dual citizenship and can kind of qualify that way. So. Really heavily reliant on, on that workforce. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, most of us have been here for a little while, so they've got several stages, etc., yep. citizenship. But um, I think thinking further down the line of what we're going to have to do to, to replace those people when we do get to that stage yeah. is obviously important. I think the real focus that we've done in the last uh, sort of 18 to 24 months is you know, we do talk a lot in the industry about the recruitment challenge that we have. But we don't talk as much about the retention challenge yeah. and what we're doing to really give people a fantastic employee experience and look after them and help them develop and grow and what have you. Because I think if we all focused a lot more on you know, paying people a good wage, give them a nice working conditions, so on and so forth, mm. that we wouldn't have to worry as much about it. Or if we did not worry just as much about it, we'd be a lot better at the recruitment
0: yeah, piece as well. So yeah, it all feeds idea. into each other. Yeah, exactly. And it's,
1: it's a whole p- picture.
0: Yeah. As a, uh, you know, speaking of that in terms of, and uh, almost, I can see it stemming back to, uh, your sport science background and your cycling and thinking about coaching would have been the direction, being a general manager is sort of in that field. It's, it's trying to run a well well oiled cycling machine, take them through the, through the Alps and ultimately win as a, as a, as a hotel from your awards as a hotel and individually it seems that you guys focus a lot on training and development is that correct? Yeah very much so, yeah. very much so. and so do you do that all in house or how, did, how what approaches do you
1: use? Um, so we use lots of different methods so for example um, we, there are some things which we do in house I personally a licensed uh, to deliver the world host customer service training something right. which I, I do myself here at the hotel Okay. Um, we obviously run our own internal um, just Training course, yeah, right. whatever that may be. Uh, we do a lot of work with um, umbrella training on apprenticeship. So mm-hmm. uh, we were highly commended in the best apprenticeship strategy with the Springboard Awards earlier this year as well, um, and, and work really closely with them to deliver that program. Uh, we and uh, our, she's now our acting head chef. She was a commie chef at the time, but she was the umbrella chef apprentice of the year right. uh, last year, Monica. Um so that's something which we, we really place a big focus on, and then we use a lot of external training providers as well mm-hmm. again this kind of you know using the you know, who we believe are the best to yeah, deliver yeah, yeah. what we want to do, so I can't deliver certain things in, you know as well as uh, as other people can um so we'll go out and we work very close with some some partners on that um and we've actually been over the last twelve to eighteen months as well probably be doing a lot of work uh, with uh, on sort of lean and Six Sigma, which is kind of okay. a bit different than not a lot of people yeah. in hospitality are doing. And uh, so every single member of our uh, team now will go through Yellow Belt um, Lean Six Sigma training wow. as, a, as a part of their, uh, their sort of ongoing development uh-huh. with us. And then uh, we have a number of people who will go on to do Green Belt, which is mm-hmm. kind of super supervisory. And they're our project leaders. So everything that we do as part of our strategy is kind of project led. Um, so everyone in the business will have um, input into what we're, we're doing we're quite realistic that not everyone's going to stay here forever Yeah, of we course. want to be able to give people training and development that they can then take and say okay I've got this recognised qualification and it can deliver this for whoever I'm going to work for in the future rather than just on, you know I did the internal course that we have on communication yeah, yeah, or whatever it yeah, is, yeah, which obviously yeah. is going to deliver some great benefits but it's something which is been a bit more tangible uh-huh. and maybe you know if they do decide to leave for the industry it's something which they can really take to,
0: yep. to work in the future. It's transferable. Yeah. yeah. Let's let's talk about the, the hotel a little bit more. So you're, you're, I mean, I've just walked from Victoria Station. So for those people that are listening out outside the UK, it's a beautiful area with nice small parks around and you've got lovely Georgian buildings, yeah. I'm guessing, <laughs> aligning the streets. I'm, I've been in this country now for 16 years. I still love all the old buildings most of which are older than my country um, and um but it, this it's a very quaint entrance as you come through and it's sort of almost like a, uh, a a TARDIS in terms of the in terms of um you know how it opens up and this beautiful welcoming feel and the staff as well uh, when you come in it's such a competitive
1: market what things do you focus on to differentiate the hotel? So I think um, you know, you're quite right. A, a hidden gem is the kind of the phrase that quite a few people uh, have used to, yeah. uh, to, to the hotel. But you know, we're a bit quite a, a residential area, so mm-hmm. it's not an area with with high football, It's not somewhere you naturally kind of want to to be walking past. And as you said, in you know, London, an incredibly crowded marketplace yeah. for hotels. So we try and do things a little bit differently. You know, we're not sort of uh, super crazy uh, in, in terms of what we do, but we try to create. Um, sort of more niche offerings that, mm-hmm. that that sort of almost have their own market. Yeah. So, for example, one of those is uh, our Wizard Chambers, which uh, came about about four or five years ago now. I can't take really any of the credit for them, unfortunately. <laughs> uh,
0: so this was this was sort of around the release of uh, Harry Potter and Land as well, and not Land, but you know Warner Brothers
1: um, Studios. So were... so a bit after that, but I think what we do quite well here is we. Uh, we're very good at engaging with our guests, yeah. Someone touched upon earlier, and we listen to them and we use the, our guest insights to drive our, our business decisions. Mm-hmm. So, we had a lot of guests who uh, were staying at the hotel who were uh, staying with us and they go on the Warner Brothers studio tours, which go from Victoria Coach Station, which is five minutes' uh, walk away. Yeah, um, so uh, yeah, there was this idea of oh, okay, well, maybe we could create this sort of more yeah. wizardry uh, experience. So, they did two rooms initially and in, in Another two quite soon after that. They were just hugely successful, and you can see, you know, if you look back on our Google Analytics, you can see the kind of the point where they were launched. Was
0: it just a PR round? Yes, yeah,
1: it it went off the charts basically. Um, So they did another couple more of those, and then you know they were just fully booked months in advance, and we just couldn't. sort of satisfy the demand for them. So last year we created three more, so we just took the three more existing bedrooms. But uh, the beauty of all of these are they're, they're all basement rooms, the right. worst rooms in the hotel. Uh-huh. Um, and you know no one really wanted them and they couldn't get good rates for them. And now they're, they're sold out, wow. generally speaking, months in advance. And uh, we've got a little bit more available than we used to, yeah. double the amount basically. But yeah, they're you know the most expensive rooms that we have. So it's amazing. I think it's a great, great uh, you know example of listening to your your customers, observing customer behaviour, and and you know using that to, to drive business decisions. And then we've kind of replicated that that model, if you like, with other things. So we've got our, um, our Pimlico Pictures two person cinema, for example. So that was a you uh, know disused uh, shower room, basically a shower and a toilet on a corridor, mm-hmm. which we've turned into a um, a cinema for two. London's snuggest. Cinema. Yeah, so we haven't got the Guinness World Record, uh, <laughs> so we can't, we can't say that's official in any way. But um, yeah, it's uh, you know it's a great kind of date night type yeah. thing. It, it's all done out in some traditional, you know, red velvety sort of filled, you know, gold and that. Is that only for you know, hotel guests? Can no, people... so so people coming from outside, you yeah, can, you can book that online on our website. We've got a library of, of films that you can watch, or if you really want to sort of binge watch, um, you know, a few episodes of Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. or you know, whatever it is that you. You like watching? Then you can log into your own um, Netflix, Amazon. Yeah, that's really cool. to, to watch that. We do our own kind of gourmet cinema sacks mm-hmm. to, to serve there as well. Um, and then now cheese afternoon tea, which again was something we, we launched last year as a pop-up. Got phenomenal press coverage, and you know who doesn't love cheese? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no one I want to spend any time talking <laughs> to. Um, so yes, yeah, so we have an like, entirely cheese-based um, yeah. afternoon tea, which we serve, which is all local Sussex, uh, mostly cheeses okay. compared the, with Sussex wines as well. That's so wow. that's the kind of model that we, we yeah. use and
0: stemming so. from your early days being treated behind the bar you know doing some yeah, wine absolutely, testing yeah. energies yeah i wasn't back research to research
1: that so good work good work
0: so when you originally came on am i right in understanding that the hotel was a four star and you were tasked with bringing it up to a five
1: is that correct that's right yeah so it's um the Kind of the ratings classification is guest accommodation because at yeah. the time we weren't um, doing some of the food and beverage okay. offering that we're doing now. Uh, so yeah, so we we went from four star to five star in the first year that I was here. Um, so there was some physical you know renovations. For example, the space that we're sitting in now was was done as part of that, uh, which was a formal closure of the, the whole dining area. Right. Uh, but uh, mostly a lot of things. Relating to, to training, you know, hospitality and service based training, and a few tweaks to you know some of the offerings that we, we had. Um, and then after that, we've really tried to push on with expanding our food and beverage. Um, okay. so now we've got the, the, the bar, cafe type offering as well, the afternoon teas I've just yep. mentioned, and now we're potentially looking at changing the category to reflect more of what we're about now. I think guest mm-hmm. accommodation doesn't really mean much to you know, your you're sort of consumer, whereas, you know, hope we want to make sure that we're giving people what they expect, of course. Um, so that's kind of a, a project. Ah, uh,
0: so you so you mean if they, they just see five stars and whether it's at a hotel or guest accommodation, they won't necessarily differentiate in their head, is that Yeah, right? so some
1: people may, may appreciate that. I think anyone who has taken the time to research the hotel a little bit and look at yep. the website will, will understand that we're not, you uh, Corinthia, for example, uh, uh, but uh, yeah, I think you know what we offer is a great product, great hospitality, and uh, we want people to get what they're expecting and feel that we've given them good value. Uh, so that's yeah, something which we really focus on is being generous in our hospitality, yep. being generous in, 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 you know, for example, the portions that we give people, and, and you know, not trying to, to sort of skimp and, and make people want to have a great experience to yep. come back and, and stay again.
0: So how much value do you put on TripAdvisor reviews?
1: Great question. there's a lot of talk about this at the moment, but um, you know, TripAdvisor is, is important to us, but as is Booking.com's own yep. you know, rating system, as are our own internal ratings, and, and all of the feedback that we give. So, you know, word of e word of mouth is, is is you know one of the sort of biggest contributors to yeah. uh, or, or personal recommendations, um, and we want to get as much feedback as we can, as much useful, uh, actionable feedback to to be able to again. Drive those decisions mm-hmm. about whether we change our offering or you know start you know, doing less or more of certain yep. things because you know, it's all about doing what your customer really wants of to. do. So yeah, there's no kind of vanity projects here. Yeah. No, um, you know, sort of uh, sacred cows. We mm-hmm. want to have that information so that we can do it. Obviously, no one wants to have bad trip advisor ratings, but we we would like to try and get that feedback as soon as possible mm-hmm. to be able to recover the, the situation before it hopefully gets to, to that stage.
0: So when, just out of interest, when, when's where's the tipping point where something becomes a one-off comment or something that someone's had a negative experience, you know, it, it may have been unavoidable or it could have been avoidable. However, it's not a trend that you need to act on as a hotel because it really is an isolated incident. How often, I mean, I, I don't even know, how often does something
1: pop up where you think, oh God,
0: we actually need to do something about this as a hotel rather
1: than just deal with it individually? Uh, I wouldn't say that it's sort of hard and fast rule, all, but I think yeah. it's a very valid point and uh, there are certain things which may only come up once, but there are things that, yeah, actually, you know, I'm sure that if we did do that, then, you know, it would benefit more guests. Mm-hmm. So, okay, let's go and research that a bit more yep. and talk to, to to our guests, so... We do spend a lot of time. Um, you know sometimes I'll come down and have breakfast and actually you know, have a bit of a conversation with the people on the next table and so, you know, say, I I just stay Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, we think about doing this and you know what are your thoughts on that? Um, and we do questionnaires as well, but there's you know, there will all be you know be things which go wrong. There's yeah, no hotel that it doesn't, you know, but uh, you know, at the same time everything is avoidable as well. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just how much effort you go in, into in terms of making it Wholly avoidable, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, trends are generally what we would look for. But at the, at the same time, you know, sometimes when you get things wrong, you know, you know, you've got to act upon it straight away. So mm-hmm. uh, it's a bit of a mixture, really, I guess.
0: Yeah, okay, that makes sense. And um, let's just have a little bit of a chat about. I mean, I, I know AI and personalisation uh, pop up quite often, and it's something that people are considering in their consideration set for the booking experience how do we personalize the booking experience more is that something that you guys have looked into a lot or utilizing or i mean where do you see the value of ai in the future
1: yeah so we uh, we actually work with with avio um on their we use their allura platform for our web booking engines frank and the team frank and the team yeah Uh um so so yes we very much kind of buy into that yeah uh, and our revenue management system is a We've taken away some of the personalised element of that, mm-hmm. outsourced some of the personal element, but rely on, on technology there, so that actually the people who've got in the business can concentrate on, on looking after the guests, and you know, not just the back of thing, but we'd like to use that, that that sort of technology to function what we're doing in terms of the guest okay. uh, experience in the hotel as well, but. You know, we sort of baby steps at the moment uh, and uh, yeah, we're pleased with, with what's happening so far the, the web booking front, uh, webbooking engine and uh, yeah, you know, all that stuff, super interesting. I'll spend not huge amounts of time, but a good amount of time looking, uh, working with sort of accelerator programs, so I can find out what are the new, you know, new bits of technology coming through that can, that can help That So chatbots is, you know, something that I'm really interested yeah. in. Um, a great company that we're talking to at the moment, where if you post a Facebook um, ad and somebody likes it or get engaged with it in some way, that then they have a, a chat bot which pops up through their messenger, their mm-hmm. Facebook messenger, to to aid the conversion. So that's something we're looking at. Um, and Alexa, Alexa, and, and voice is something which is really uh, of interest to me as well. So I know there's kind of debate on that at the moment from a sort of privacy perspective, but I think, uh, Alexa voice, uh, you know, technology and also, you know, Alexa skills is kind of a into there. So it's, it's, something which I can it's see really cool. taking off as well. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, that whole area around voice is quite interesting. I actually, I rang a, a, a group in Melbourne the other day who work in the luxury industry, but Alexa answered the phone. Oh, geez, they're forward thinking. She's got a very Australian accent. It was actually just a lady <laughs> called Alexa. Well, I'm sure she's getting that a fair bit these days.
1: I can see Alexa being a name in decline. <laughs> yeah, she's difficult yeah, to, to avoid any kind of uh, unfortunate yeah, stuff. Any Alexas
0: beside the technology is going to feel very bossed around. Uh, Alexa, turn the lights on, Alexa. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me, in terms of distribution and selling your rooms, what are the key factors in terms of getting the balance right? Obviously, as an independent, um, there has to be some sort of focus on direct bookings, but also an appreciation that a lot of your rooms are going to be sold by the OTA. So how do you work closely with all those uh, uh, people to ensure you get the balance right?
1: I think working closely is, is the best way to describe it. I know that uh, sort of OTA bashing has become uh, you know, one of those things, which is yeah. pretty much every... Conference or seminar that you go to these days, but uh, you know we we do rely on them for a good amount of our business, mm-hmm. and, and I think they're a really valuable tool uh, to sort of have in your your distribution arsenal. Uh, but yeah, people get quite carried away with you know I've got to sort of stop using the OTAs and um, yeah and get all get all the business direct. Well, you know, there's no way on earth you're going to be able to fill your hotel, and you got a two-bedroom hotel uh, yeah. basically with with, uh, with with just direct bookings, Ooh. and you know it's about recognizing that. You need to keep bringing new people in and you know, who's got the biggest marketing mm-hmm. budgets. We all know it's them. Um, you know, the trick is obviously to convert them into to a direct uh, guest for the future. And, uh, you know, you can spend just as much money on more money quite often trying to attract guests directly. Yes. than You can obviously uh, through using the OTA. So I think it's, you know, being quite, um, you know, focused on cost of acquisition uh-huh. and, you know, focusing on giving people a great experience to drive loyalty and, and converting those those guests that come through those other channels into direct guests for the future. Really.
0: Okay. As an independent hotelier, what do you think the major issues in London are going to be in terms of the the competitiveness of the marketplace and other issues that might arise
1: over the next 12 months? So I think we will obviously continued uh, pressures from the the added supply coming into the market as well and the uncertainty around uh, Brexit. But depending on what kind of eventually happens uh, with that, there may also be great opportunities as well. We saw uh, predominantly leisure um, hotel. So when the, you know, just straight immediately after the vote, we saw huge increases in the bookings that we were getting from our um, markets we rely on already, you know, yep. US and Europe, because of the exchange rate fluctuations. So I think whilst, um, you know, who knows what might happen for recruitment and all that sort of thing, you know, there's, there's some... Uh, some Benefits to be had as well, but
0: who, who are most yeah. of your market just out of interest? I does mean, does the low pound really help you? Yeah, I mean, so I mean,
1: we're about uh, sort of 35% from, from Europe, yeah, 20 25% US, okay. similar 20 25% domestic, and then the rest from, from the rest of the world, but very little from the sort of the Middle East at the moment, yeah. not, not really much from China or, or South America or Africa. So it's we get a little bit from South Korea, um, uh, but yeah, predominantly Europe and. U.S. And, and domestic. So, if people are it's more expensive for people to go abroad, yeah, yeah, I come in here, people I come in. So we were kind of win-win on the exchange okay. right front. Um, and I know a lot of hotels, obviously, have a similar kind of position uh-huh. as well. But uh, yeah, you know, increased cost pressures in terms of food inflation and uh, rates and, and all that sort of stuff is uh, is obviously very challenging. But uh, you know, we continue to do the, the things that we're doing well, and uh, you know, that's our, our sort of strategy. We're in
0: well, Adam, we've hit the 40-minute minute mark. It's been fantastic to talk to you. you. Time, I realise the time had flown so It really has. And, um, look, congratulations. On, it's been an extremely busy year for you. Congratulations on all the awards that keep getting thrown at you and at the hotel as well. Um, You've got a beautiful establishment here. You can feel the instant warmth as you walk through the door. And uh, look, I really look forward to, to, to speaking to you next time in 12 months maybe and see how things have moved on. That'd be great. Thanks very much.